3: Welcome to the off-menu podcast where we take the bread of a guest, pop it into the toaster of chat and grill them until they are charred beyond belief. Hello, James. <laughs> the bread of the guest.
4: The bread of the guest. Well done, Ed. By the bread of the guest, do you mean the, the guest is the bread or yes. you're getting the bread that belongs to a guest? No.
3: On the Off Menu podcast, we don't get the guest to send us some bread and then we toast it. Uh-huh. That's our other podcast, uh, the Roasty Toasty Boys. Yeah, Roasty Toasty Boys. Subscribe. On Off Menu, the guest is a metaphorical slice of bread. Yes. We're popping them into the toaster of chats, which uh-huh. is, again, metaphorical. Uh, and we're grilling them, uh, which is another name for asking questions, until yep. they're charred beyond belief, which is just done until they're useless. Yeah, useless. None of a podcasts can have them. I have to scrape off their bodies into the bin. Yeah, and even then, you can tell. You can tell it's, uh, it's tell been they've been charred beyond belief on the Off Menu yeah. podcast. Yeah, but don't don't forget
4: to subscribe to Roasty Toasty Boys. The Rosie Toasty uh, Boys. New episodes coming out every Monday. Where we ask the guests, are you roasty or are you toasty? They send their bread and we send back toast. Yeah, we just send toast back to them and they have to guess if we've roasted the toast or toasted the toast. Or toasted the roast. Yeah, they send us the bread and we either roast it or we toast it.
3: And we send it back to them and they're going to make the call. Sorry, I was getting mixed up with our other podcast, the Toasty Roasty Boys, where they send us some meat and vegetables of their choice. Yep. And we d- try and cook them in a toaster We try and make a roast dinner in a toaster yeah.
4: That's every Sunday Of course uh, It's the Toasty Roasty Boys um, And make sure you subscribe to that This We've got loads of great guests on that uh, We've got uh, Nish Kumar Obviously He does all uh, the food podcasts yeah. <laughs> He'll be booking for everything yeah. uh, Rave Spall Rave Spall's on it uh, Munya Chihuahua, uh, Victoria
3: and Mitchell refused. Yes. Wouldn't she do would it. She would not be on it, even though I've heard she takes her own toaster to dinner parties and um, yes. toasts things in the toilet. Anyway, that's not what this podcast is, so this, this is
4: pointless. This podcast isn't that. This is the off-menu podcast. We invite a guest into the dream restaurant mm-hmm. and we ask them their dream, their favourite ever, start a main course, dessert, side dish and drink, not in
3: that order. And this week's guest is... Simon, Simon. Amstel. Simon Amstel yes it's Simon Amstel comedian writer film director he's a man of many talents James so many talents and a great TV host <clears throat> wow the problem is it doesn't come up a lot but whenever James has to say TV host oh he sneezes Oof. so don't say that again man oh. you all right some snot on my trousers all Right. Simon Amstel is uh, going on on tour, he's doing a show called Spirit Hole, you should uh, go and check that out uh, on his website, Uh, and we'll talk about some of the other things he's done uh, during this interview, I'm sure, but very much looking forward to talking to Simon, however, Mm. if he says a secret ingredient that we have pre-agreed on, he will be kicked out of the dream restaurant, Spirit Hole or no Spirit Hole, James. That is true, and this week, the secret ingredient is... Crest. Criss! Can't believe we've not had it before.
4: It's awful. Pointless. I don't like it. I think it looks bad on the plate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, makes everything look bad. It looks like someone's just emptied some grass clippings or something onto the... It's too small. I mean,
3: no, that might yeah. be one of my main issues with it. It's too small.
4: Yeah, too small. Doesn't really taste of much. No. Ugh. I mean, I, I can't even really think of anything... I, I, also, I just think it gets put on anything as a garnish. Yeah. Like it's meant to make things look better. And it makes things look worse, as we've already established. Yeah. And crest doesn't go with everything, you know. No.
3: Doesn't go with anything. Just because it's flavourless. Egg and cress. Like, wh- who would have thought no, cress could stand so. up to the punch of an egg? It can't. Yeah. can't. There's no
4: point in it being in there. It doesn't even add any texture. Visually, maybe, you've got a bit of chopped up
3: cress in the it gets no, a bit no, of green no. in there. But I'd rather put some chives in that. Yeah, get out. Not having the cress, thank you. So if Simon says cress. He's a goner. He's a goner. And, of course, cress is a secret ingredient because we talked about it on the attack episode, James, and we realised we'd never yeah. done cress. Sometimes we get ideas for secret ingredients from the chats we have with other
4: guests. We carry it through to other episodes. And, you know, Benito has just said to us, uh, off record, I'm sure he won't keep himself in the edit, but that Egg and Cress would be a good nickname for the two of us. And I don't appreciate that. I think Egg is doing a
3: lot of the heavy lifting there. What, so he's calling you Egg? Yeah, Egg Egg Gamble. Egg Gamble. Yeah, because if you say Ed Gamble quickly, it sounds like Egg Gamble. And what, who am I? James A. Crester? That's great. Egg Gamble and James A. Crestor. Oh, someone will do a great little mock-up of that, won't they? Yeah, you'd imagine. Will, will yeah. I have
4: Crest coming out my head, like a Crest head? Yes, and I'll just be an egg. You'll just have an egg as your
3: egg face. Head. yeah. I suppose. Egg Gamble and James A. Crestor. Oh, it's so good. Uh, oh, dear. <laughs> Oh, and James, I'm on tour soon. What? I'm going on tour in February 2022 with my show Electric. Will I ever see you again? Yeah, man, but probably just over the internet. We'll never see each other in real life again because I'm going to be on the road, baby. I'm a road dog. Oh, man,
4: I envy all the people getting tickets to that. It's going to be such a great show. If I was listening to this podcast now, I'd pause it immediately. I'd go to edgamble.com and I would order tickets.
3: Don't go there. It's (laughs) as much as I... I value your support and respect. Yes. My website is edgamble.co.uk. So go and get tickets oh from there. Couldn't get.com. To to no, <laughs> go and get tickets for my tour, e- Electric. Edgamble.co.uk. Very key that. Who got edgamble.com? I don't know. But let's not let's stop saying that. It's interesting. Let's stop saying that, and we'll just it's keep saying edgamble.co.uk for tickets for Electric. February 2022, baby. Also go to no, find no, out, no, no. find no. out who
4: that is and what that website is, because we need to know. We've got to crack the case. Never say crack
3: the case when Egg Gamble's involved. <laughs> oh, yeah. Egg Gamble. Crack the crest. <laughs> anyway, enough of all of this. Let's hear the off-menu menu of Simon Simon Amstel. Simon Amstel. Welcome, Simon Amstel, to the Dream Restaurant. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, Simon Amstel, to the Dream Restaurant. We've been expecting you for some time. Wow, what an entrance. We've, We've not recorded one for a while, Simon, so James has clearly kept his genie powers really bottled up, ready to explode there, and you really went for it, James. Well done you. Thank you. Yep, yeah, I I really felt it bursting forth
4: as soon as I did that one. Mm-hmm. Um, like I really highly like the other day actually. It, it, I tell you what, it reminded me of my mum has started making kombucha at home, and she gave me a, a bottle of the uh, orange and cardamom one that she made, and I drank most of it ages ago. And there's just a little tiny bit left in the bottom of the bottle, and it's one of those ones with a plug stopper on the top. And yesterday. Uh, I was like well I better obviously just uh you know have the last of this and I unpopped it and my god I thought it was going to take my head off there's so much pressure in there whatever's been building up and it was like a gun going off and I was like holy shit and that's what I felt like just then bursting out the lamp I felt like the kombucha that had been extra whatever fermenting is that what it, would it be fermenting a bit longer I don't know but that's what I felt like just then that like the plug came off the lamp and I was bursting forth and nearly took Simon Amstel's head off.
5: But it was very
3: enjoyable. I, I liked it very much. <laughs> That's the longest story about kombucha James has ever done before we've really said hello to a guest properly, I think.
5: Well, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm happy to just be
3: here. So <laughs> don't worry about me.
4: <laughs> do you have any stories about kombucha, Simon? And before you even think about if you've got a story about kombucha, do you think it's longer or shorter than the one I just told?
5: <laughs> I think it's a bit shorter in that uh, my boyfriend and I do make kombucha, but that's, that's the story.
3: I think that is a story, because that's quite a coincidence that James's mum has yeah. been making kombucha. You and your mm. boyfriend have been making kombucha. I think I don't know anyone else who's making kombucha. This is, this is all new to me. Have you got a specialty? What, what, what's, your, what's your go-to flavour that you've
4: really nailed the most?
5: We just keep it very pure,
4: actually. We don't really do anything to it. I,
5: I like it pure. I told you, this is not much of a story. This is yeah. my kombucha story.
3: <laughs> no, we're going we're, we're to make it a story. We're doing an hour on your kombucha side, <laughs> and that's what's happening. Yes. Did you see James's face when you said you keep it pure and you don't add anything to it and you don't flavour it? I actually didn't. What, did he do it again, James? He was gobsmacked.
5: Oh. Well, it's... Okay. <laughs> That's a good face. Um, well, it's just I don't. I think we we're maybe not that advanced. We haven't really got into flavoring it, but I, I, I really like it as it is.
4: What's what's your mum doing? What's she putting in it? Orange and cardamom. Uh, she made another one that was like lemon and ginger. I haven't mm. tried that one yet. Just tried the orange and cardamom one. It was a very nice surprise. What does it taste like pure though? I've never had it pure.
5: I don't know. I mean, I have nothing to compare it to but maybe I could talk to your mother. Could I have your mother's number, if that's not a strange yeah. request? You're not the first guest to ask
3: for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to warn you, Simon. If if you do do, I, I did a cook-along with James's mum, uh, and if you've oh. bought one of the ingredients slightly wrong, she will absolutely, like, ball you out for a half an hour. She will shout at you. She'll tell you you've got it wrong. Well, I can see where James's yeah.
5: trauma-slash-talent comes from there.
3: Yeah, she's like Mrs Trunchbull.
5: She's very beautiful. What did you say?
3: No, I so said she's like Mrs. Trunchbull.
5: Oh, I see. And is she yeah. also very beautiful?
4: Of course, yes. Yeah. beautiful M- Mrs. Trunchbull. That's my mum, <laughs> and she put put Ed in the chokey for bringing the wrong ingredients. Yeah.
5: This is not. Have you been friends for a long time? This is a sort of. I'm picturing you as sort of like sort of ten year olds going over to James's mum's house or <laughs> well, James's house, I guess it would be because you still live there. What's what's your what's your
3: relationship? What's going on here? What's happened? How how's this podcast happened? I need to know some things. I think. We've known each other for many years, Simon, mm-hmm. um, and we, we always talk about food, and we thought that conversation is so good, the public should be hearing it. <laughs> we were having yes. chats in private
4: and going, man, I would love if I was a member of the public
3: to be able to listen to this for free.
5: It's such a waste if you have a good conversation in private, isn't
3: it? Yeah. It's like if I'm having a nice time with my girlfriend as well, I'm like, what's the point in that? Take a picture of it, put it on Instagram so everyone can see it. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's always um, Pornhub Pornhub. Yes. Put the photo on Pornhub. Yeah, just a picture of us enjoying a nice meal. Pop that on Pornhub. Simon, <laughs> if you were if you were on Pornhub. Oh
4: yes.
5: And I should be, really. Look
4: yeah. at me. Yeah. Well, no, I mean I mean uh, using the service, but maybe uh, I mean Do if I you see. were like
5: <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. There's my ego exposed. Yeah. Be on <laughs> <laughs> Not watching it? Like some viewer. <laughs>
4: But if you were browsing it, sure. and one of the thumbnails was um, some photos of Ed and his girlfriend just doing normal things, fully clothed, and nothing sexual, oh. but it was on there, would you take the time to watch it?
5: It's unlikely, but it would be nice to know that it was there, yeah.
4: yeah, you
5: know? Like it's nice to know that there's hummus in the fridge. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily need it that day, but it's there, just in case. Just in
3: case, yeah, just in case. <laughs> Do you think on, on Pornhub, if you know how on like YouTube, if there's anything explicit, it gets taken down. Do you think it works the other way around on Pornhub?
5: Uh, yeah, I think it should do. Yeah. Warning. <laughs>
3: no nipples. <laughs> These people have just sat down eating pizza. <laughs> now, Simon, you are about to go on tour with your new show, Spirit Hole. Yes, I'm doing that from September. Would you like to come, Ed and James? I'd absolutely, uh, I'd, love I'd love to come, love for
5: sure. Come. There are two, love I to. guess you're both in London, right? There's two mm-hmm. London dates, yeah. there's two nights at the Alley Pally and there's the London Palladium and I'm going all oh, over the country.
3: Are you excited about it, Simon?
5: Yes, I'm very excited. I think I'm probably more excited than I've ever been about touring and I've been doing a few festivals and a few warm-ups and it just feels really exciting to be able to, to, have to do it, right? I mean, you must feel the same.
3: I mean, it's what? what
5: how did it feel for you when you couldn't,
3: do it. Well, I am very much like you, Simon, and I was excited to get back to stand-up, uh, and I am enjoying gigs. Now I can do them again, and I'm going on tour next year. I'm very excited about it. James? I'm enjoying the b- <laughs> I'm enjoying the break. Such a polite podcast. This is so sweet. James?
4: <laughs> still a sparkling water, Simon? Still, please. You're drinking still right now. You took a little sip. I actually am. It's actually from a filtered
5: tap, but if you have... Uh you know, a fancy bottle, I'd take that as well. Although ideally
4: not plastic. I'm noticing a theme. Pure kombucha, pure water. Mm. Have you seen my skin? Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> How much water do you drink a day?
5: Oh, as much as possible. I just, yeah, I can't get enough of it. Yeah. If ever I'm wondering what to do with myself, I think I'll <laughs> water. And then I feel much, much better. But you filter it. We've got a tap that's a filtered uh, tap in this uh, kitchen wow. we've got, yeah.
3: And is that something that was in the kitchen when you arrived? Or was it the first thing you did when you moved in? You were like, get that goddamn filtered tap in there. I'm not drinking the muck straight from the tap.
5: It was, well, it was an option in the kitchen shop. And uh, I see. we went for it. I don't know if I was adamant about it, but when, when they presented the option, I thought, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a nice idea. I'm, I'm into anything that's... Like, I'm not a celiac, but if something is gluten-free... I'll go for that option instead.
3: Oh, really? Even if it's the worst taste-wise? So you, you would go for gluten-free bread or like a gluten-free pizza just because it's gluten-free, even though that impacts the taste?
5: Well, I've some pretty good gluten-free stuff. And yes, I think so. I sort of feel like, well, if something is advertised as gluten-free, it must be better. But <laughs> it must be better. Not that, not taste-wise necessarily, but once it says gluten-free, like if something said bread-free, I'd be like, well, I'd. I'm not having any bread then. I'm not the same with everything. I think I think I'm actually making some stuff up here. To be honest, <laughs> I think I'm just lying now.
3: It's good to know that if we ask you a question, then let you just keep talking, you will yeah. just start to lie.
5: Yeah. I think I got a bit too into the frivolity of this podcast there, and just thought <laughs> I should provide something about gluten. I thought that's what they need. They probably need some gluten stuff, and I actually would just—I don't know—I left my own body for a moment. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to try and retain my integrity now.
3: Okay, yeah, podcast. good. Good to know. Moving forward, everything will be the truth from Simon. As
5: always, that's my As thing. Always. Please come to my
3: show if you like the truth. Come see Spirit
4: Hole. What's the best conversation you've ever had during the water course?
5: I feel like the water course is part of this podcast, but maybe not part of my life.
3: <laughs> yeah, we've definitely put too much too much focus on the water course on this podcast. Yeah,
5: mm. but have I can't really remember exact conversations I've had whilst drinking water but I'm drinking water now and this is
4: going quite well isn't it normally I guess water course, is like you've all just arrived at the restaurant so what are the classics um how you got there mm-hmm. what the traffic was like how you've been generally small talk ain't it water course, boring
3: yeah the boring yeah. stuff <laughs> yeah
5: it's
3: boring I isn't think it?
5: well I'm not yeah small talk who has time for
3: small talk we're all gonna die I love a bit of small talk.
5: But are you aware of your own death, Ed?
3: No, because I do too much small talk. So I, I really yeah. put, that, put that out of my mind by doing some small talk. I don't want to think about death while I'm having my water. You should, because it's coming. And, you know, you would spend the time
5: more wisely, perhaps.
3: Yeah, that's true. That's true. But then what would I do? If I'm having the water course and I suddenly realise I'm going to die, mm-hmm. surely I'm just chucking the water on the floor and running out of the restaurant.
5: Well, it's not that you're going to die immediately. It's just that death is coming. It's coming. And so, you know, what do we think? We're all going to be on... I mean, this isn't a good joke for this moment, maybe. But do we think we're all going to be Mm -hmm. on our deathbeds, thinking, oh, no, I wish I'd listened to one more podcast?
4: (laughs) 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 What do you think you will regret on your deathbed?
5: Um, I feel like maybe I'll regret not giving everything I could have in some way. I want to feel like used up by the end of it. That's something Oprah says sometimes. Mm-hmm. She wants to be, just be like done, like she did everything that could be done with this particular incarnation of her being, you know? I don't know if that's the correct phrasing that I've used there, but she's saying, I just want to be
3: used up. You want to feel like a husk wow. on, your de- on your death. Yeah, plate. like, you know, you don't want to, the
5: regret is, oh, I could have done dot, dot, dot. But you want to feel like mm-hmm. I couldn't have given any more and the way you feel at the end of a show maybe where you're like you've left it all on the stage you've ha- you're having to lie down at the end of the gig because it was you've, cause you because you you know it all just is on the stage now it's all there you couldn't have given them one more laugh that audience that's i think that's how i want to feel at the end of my life i couldn't have like been any more generous or delightful than i was <laughs>
3: That's a wonderful ambition, I'd say.
5: Yeah, I don't know if I'll get there, but it's uh, it's nice to think about, isn't it? And also that I didn't, like, hold back on anything because of embarrassment or shame. I want to feel like I've extracted all the shame out of myself so I can be in a moment with another person without feeling like I have to be someone different so that they'll like me. I want to just be there, you know, that kind of thing.
4: Yeah, that's that- that, that's a good start. I, I pretend to be a genie a lot of the time, especially on this podcast. It's
3: be, well, hopefully only on this podcast, James.
4: <laughs> you can't control when I pretend to be a genie or not. And I said pretend there, but the listeners know yeah. I'm yeah. a real genie.
5: Yeah, we I mean, we all heard the sound effect.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we all heard it. Papadoms or bread? Oh, Papadoms or bread, Simon Amstel? Papadoms or bread? Papadoms.
3: Yeah. There was a thought process there. Sometimes people are straight in with bread or papadoms, and you looked around... And you sort of you almost like the they were in front of you the the options and you looked at both of them and you reached for poppadoms. What what happened in that moment, Simon?
5: I think I was thinking about my um, first course that's coming up mm. and what I'm going to get from that first course. There's going to be a crunchy element, <laughs> and yeah. um, I don't know if I even want the poppadoms actually. I think uh, also I don't really eat much bread, so I feel like I don't want I don't want either of these to be honest with this meal. Mm. But generally. Oh, is this offensive?
3: No, but this is, <laughs> you know, it's rare. It's rare that anyone passes on anything, and I feel like we're approaching a pass on the Poppadums or Bread course. If it wasn't for this starter that, that's coming up. Hang on, why, am I, why mm. is this being offered? <laughs>
4: <laughs> there's so many courses. This is, there's too many things. Well, you, you know, usually they bring along a little bread basket, don't they, pre-meal? Sometimes if you're in a curry house, they will bring along a, a ludo poppadoms
3: beforehand. And also, Simon, I want to get to the end of this podcast feeling like I've offered everything I can on this podcast. Oh, you know, that's nice.
5: I want to leave no, it mate. all out there.
3: So to not offer poppadums or bread or anything else that might be brought at this time, if you want to maybe if you want to hack the course and pick prawn crackers or something else, that you're very well you're very welcome to do that. Or indeed pass. This yeah. is your dream meal, Simon Amstel.
5: Let's, let's pass, but I, maybe I'd, I'd say, okay, I'll have the popadums, but I might, I might take them home. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> it's is the earliest like? the doggy bag has been employed uh, on the Off Menu podcast.
4: Uh, no, I think I'm, I'm sticking with that. I imagine you often take food home, so I'd imagine you don't like waste, Simon Amstel. Is that correct?
5: Uh, the, yeah, the second
4: bit's correct, but do I, sometimes food is taken home. I think the key thing is not over-ordering. But here's a difficult conundrum for you, right? You want to give all that you can in life and put it all out there, but you don't want to over-order. Right. What I'm saying is, do you find it quite hard to find the right balance in life, Simon, and to, like, try and go all in, but not too much? I think I'm talking about giving rather than receiving there. I, maybe I would cook too
5: much. Uh-huh. I not think I would order too much.
3: Yeah, there's not gonna be a moment where you're on your deathbed and you thought, I oh, I really should have ordered an extra dish in that restaurant that time. No, that's not gonna be
4: that's not gonna be the same. I think I'll think that.
3: Yeah, me too. Absolutely me too.
4: I will think, why didn't I just eat ice cream every day? Why did I care? And now I'm gonna die and I'll never get to have ice cream ever again. I'm gonna be dead forever. So in those precious moments when i was alive i should have had ice cream every single day
5: you would have died earlier yeah but still and your and your quality of life would not have been as good you would have felt sick all the time your girlfriend would have left you you know
3: <laughs> <laughs> so in this hang on i've got to work out how simon's envisaged this life here so james yeah. is eating so much ice cream that his girlfriend's left him yeah what's happened why has it become such a hurdle in his life at what point has his girlfriend gone? I've got to go, this ice cream thing's out of control.
5: Well, he's, you know, he's, he's developed illnesses related to the overeating. Yeah. And, and she yeah. said, look, you either need to stop eating, maybe you can see a therapist, maybe this is an emotional issue you need to deal with mm-hmm. that's leading to, you know, filling a hole within that can't be filled. And uh, as you're saying, hole. I just want to eat ice cream all the time, I don't want to look within. And she's saying, well, look, you're responsible for your own healing. I have to find somebody who can take care of themselves because i'm not a doctor i want to be a lover
4: wow do you know what i i, I thought it was quite a shallow reason for her to leave me and then you did the speech <laughs> and i thought well, I'm, I'm on her side yeah and it's a very <laughs> she's just giving very mature reasons you
5: can have some ice cream yeah you know and also yes. there's some really good uh vegan sugar-free ice creams available and you can ha- you could choose your ice cream wisely yeah. Have a great time.
3: Yeah. As a concession to her, right? If she says I think this ice cream's a problem, I think if you could still have ice cream every day maybe, but maybe cut down to those little pots that you buy in a theater. <laughs> <sighs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it would be quite a difficult
4: one. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got any vegan ice creams you'd like to recommend? Everyone's
5: doing them now. When I was on the west coast of America a few years ago, Ben and Jerry started doing them. And uh, that was a yeah. thrilling moment. Mm. And my boyfriend and I were there also smoking legal marijuana for the first time together and having some legal marijuana and then
4: vegan Ben and Jerry's ice cream. That is a nice experience. Um, you are a drugsman. <laughs> you. you love drugs. <laughs> um, <laughs> Are, are we gonna are we gonna see some drugs on the menu today? Because we've had that in the past. I feel, apart from that occasion that I'm talking about,
5: I feel often, well, magic mushrooms particularly are best done on an empty stomach mm-hmm. and ceremonially in a ritualistic way. So it's best to best to have not eaten much at all if mm-hmm. you're going to embark on a mushroom journey. Um, so no, I think I think I think I'm just eating a, a this on this occasion.
4: Yeah. If this podcast was not the dream menu for food, but the dream menu for drugs, mm. uh, what would your dream drug menu be? If we go and start a main course dessert, I mean, I,
3: I, I, I'm I'm not really a drugsman, Simon, um, mm-hmm. but uh, as far as I know, you shouldn't really have loads of different drugs and break them up into a course format.
5: <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard from any shamans that that's the way to go. Uh, <laughs> Also, so I consider them to be uh, medicines. I'm doing them in a healing manner. Mm-hmm. So yes. for me, it's like not, for me, it's, um, well, it, well you, we could do it this way. <laughs> Bearing in mind, I'm, I'm not a shaman. I'm just an idiot. Uh-huh. What are your problems? And we'll, we'll see if we can find the right medicine for you. Okay.
4: I, I worry too much and everyone annoys me. <laughs> 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 Is there a drug for that? You have anxiety and you're judgmental. Yes.
5: Yeah. Okay. So, you, some magic mushrooms would be good for that. Lovely. Or MDMA. Oh, really? You would drop into a comfort with intimacy and an empathy would develop mm-hmm. to eradicate all that judgment that you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And you would, you would be there with the other person who was ideally also part of the MDMA uh, session. And you just feel deep love and compassion for them. There you go.
3: Um, I'm lazy and I'm greedy and I stink.
5: (laughs) Okay, so you hate yourself. All right. (laughs) Let's see. Lazy, greedy, stink. Sounds like you have depression,
3: Ed. (laughs) So what drugs can I take?
5: I think, yes, magic mushrooms would be great for that
3: as well, of course.
5: Or if, it, if, or if it's calling to you, then Mother Ayahuasca mm. of the rainforest. If, if, you, if you want something really dramatic or if you feel the need for something incredibly life-changing.
3: I- Ayahuasca is the one, you need to go to Peru to do that one, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And,
5: and they say that she calls to you. Right. So mm. I kept hearing this, this is like 11 years ago when I went for the first time you keep hearing this word. My friend was talking about it out of nowhere, and then I heard it somewhere else. And then when I got there, the shaman said, she has called you all here. You will have received messages. And uh, my boyfriend was more cynical. He kept saying, um, yeah, I keep, I keep hearing the word skiing. When are we doing that? <laughs>
4: <laughs> also, I'd imagine... Uh... I think mean, that it sounds lovely, but I would imagine that everyone who is there is there because they've heard about it and decided to go there. Um, <laughs> no one stumbled into it and sat down and gone, I wasn't called here. I just sat down. I do not even know what this was. That's true. Maybe it works the same way advertising
5: or marketing works, is that you sort of mm. need to hear about something three times. Yes. And then, then you buy a ticket. But yes. I should say that, like, all these things that we're talking about should be done very carefully, they're very powerful things, and they're not for everyone, blah, 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 blah. And also, a lot of them are totally illegal. Yes. Good luck, everybody.
4: We move on to your starter.
5: Okay, so there used to be a restaurant up until recently called Manor in Primrose Hill that served uh, to share nachos especial, Uh which is nachos. (laughs) <laughs> and <laughs> they were really just lovely, and we could all share them together. They had black beans on them. They had some kind of nut cheese, and it was a cashew cheese, and um, various other things sprinkled on top of these nachos, and, and you know, you, you know how you eat nachos. It's like a delicious, fun, communal thing. You pick them up with your fingers, and you shove them in your mouth, and then somebody else has some, and then they're finished.
4: You strike me as someone who wouldn't be competitive or territorial yeah. when it comes to the nachos. You'd be quite philosophical about it all.
5: Yeah, the nachos I'm enjoying sharing. Dessert less so.
3: So with the nachos, are you deliberately leaving some of the fully loaded ones so everyone can, everyone can get involved on that? Or are you going straight for the, what you consider to be the best nacho? I think I am going for the best one. You're going for the best nacho, aren't you? What's the dream nacho for you?
5: Oh, it's just got it all on it, I suppose. It's got it, So it's got all the stuff I was talking about there and, like, a lot of the nut cheese.
3: Oh, look, I I love that there's vegan cheeses out there available. I feel like we at some point we're going to have to come up with a better name for it than nut cheese. <laughs> Because it's not selling the natros especial. Every time you say nut cheese, I move further and further away from wanting them. I mean, we. I think
5: if I was amongst um, fellow plant-based uh, people rather than you psychopaths, yes, I would. Uh, I would just call it cheese. Yes,
3: yeah. of course. You're like
5: people who think it's normal to like go up to a cow, steal yeah. its baby, chuck that in the bin, and then suck its tits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what
4: you're into. Yeah, And you can't hear the word nut cheese. <laughs> no, that puts me off. It's disgusting. Yeah. Ugh, horrible. I,
3: want some, I want some cow titty cheese. <laughs> <laughs> We're,
4: all different. We're all different.
3: Well, I watched your wonderful show, Simon. It was a few years ago now. Was it Carnage? Is that what it was called? Oh, yeah,
5: Carnage. Yeah, on... It's still on iPlayer, I think. I think it's going to be on iPlayer until everybody is vegan.
3: Yeah, <laughs> and it's absolutely phenomenal. And I watched it, and it really moved me. And I thought it was a brilliant idea and well executed. And I was like, yeah, I agree with every point in that. Anyway, let's crack on with the meat now, shall we? How did you do that? I have absolutely no idea, but... I've made it so funny. I've
5: made it so <laughs> emotive. What, how? I don't know how you did that, Ed. I don't know what yeah. more I could have done. You, <laughs> you heard from me. Ed earlier,
4: Ed's little description of his problems, that yeah. he clearly hates himself with a passion. So ah. you've, you've at least achieved that. Before he watched Carnage, he quite liked himself loved eating meat. And now you've at least <laughs> made him completely... To test himself for being a meat eater. Yeah. Alright, well, that's the first step. <laughs> yeah. Now, we've had a comedian on the podcast before called Joel Domit, and he came on the podcast, and he chose nachos as his starter. And uh, his reason for having nachos as a starter was because you never know how much you're going to get when you order nachos, and you never know how big the portion is going to be. And that was his sole reason for it. And he got a lot of hate on the internet for that being a reason. Well he just likes surprises
5: what what does he mean
4: by it? Yeah he likes that you order nachos and you never know really how big the portion of nachos will be until it arrives on the table and that was his reason for ordering it
5: I can see why the hate arrived But I'm now concerned, I didn't know that this was going, that that there was a possibility of hate as a result of this podcast. Oh, you will never
4: hear the end
3: of this podcast. (laughs) I'm afraid. I think everything so far has been pretty solid choices. The nachos sound very nice. My only issues with nachos, Simon, is Mm -hmm. that all the good stuff's on the top, and then quite often you've got three or four layers of dry tortilla crisps underneath. So are these nachos, are they layered up? Or are you just hoovering off the top layer and sending the dry crisps back? I,
5: I think, I guess the reason I'm mentioning the nachos from Manor is that they did them so well, there was there were none of these problems. And it's sad to me that the restaurant is no longer there, because I've tried to recreate these nachos in my own kitchen, and it, it hasn't gone
4: as well. I used to love making nachos at the Star Inn in Geddington, when I worked in the kitchen there, and, I, and we would layer them up. Mm. So, you know... One layer of chips and then chilli and cheese and then chips, chilli, cheese. And just do that like about three or four times and they were good. And the ones on the bottom were the best because they were like really like like fl- you had to eat them with a fork or a spoon. You couldn't just pick them up because they were really limp, just like they'd been <laughs> covered in, in chilli and they—they they, you had to just eat them with a fork or a spoon at the end. But they were the best ones. Mm, the limp nachos.
3: Yeah, the limp nachos. I think me and Simon both reacted to that in exactly the same way. <laughs> you described them as the best nachos yeah. and you had to eat them with a the spoon because they'd gone all limp. <laughs> Sounds yes. horrible.
4: Like a bowl of shreddies at the bottom. <laughs> I loved it. I want a
5: crunch. I feel we may have gone on too long about nachos because some of this now feels a bit like... Commentary to some other event whilst we're waiting for some goal to happen or something.
3: Is that uh, accurate? You're worrying about it too much, Simon. Trust me. Okay. Someone needs some magic mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Is your main course to share, or is the main course just for Simon? There's three options. Okay.
5: One, Bristol.
4: Yeah, I've been to Bristol. Yeah, but I mean, as
5: part of the, uh, the ruse. the ruse isn't the right word.
4: Is
5: it a ruse? You would like us to go to Bristol? Yeah, I'd like us to all go to yeah. Bristol if we can for the main course. But yeah, this yeah. is only option one. I yes. would like us to go to Cafe Kino for the beetroot burger, because it's very delicious. Uh-huh. Uh, but there's option option two. Mm-hmm. is can we go to L.A.? Can we go to L.A.?
4: Yes. Yes, I'd we like can. to go
5: to Café Gratitude, mm. oh, yes. which is... Um, I don't know if you've heard of it, but... It, We've it, been there. It, it, We've it, been there. You've been there. Together,
4: yes. We've spoken about it on this Guess podcast? who we saw in Café Gratitude. You
3: have three guesses. It's a celebrity. All right, here we go. I think we need to give you a clue that we're in Café Gratitude in L.A. Da-
5: Danny DeVito.
3: No, no, wait wait for the clue. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry. <laughs> it was the mo- <laughs> It was the most vegan experience possible. Was that the clue? That's the clue to who it was. Okay, well, Moby. Yes. Bang, got (laughs) it in one... It was Moby. It was Moby. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy.
5: Uh, Well, anyway, so you know about Cafe Gratitude. And you Mm -hmm. must have spoken about it then because it's such a funny, ridiculous
4: place. I think two people... Have selected something from Cafe Gratitude on their dream menus.
3: Ashling B definitely did.
5: All right then. So let's go to my third option. I, mean, I think this is the one because it's the easiest because I can just stay at home for it. Uh-huh. It's pasta with grilled aubergine, spinach, pine nuts toasted, walnuts
3: toasted, mm. and pesto.
4: That sounds very nice.
5: And is this yeah, like right
3: that. at home? Is this something that you make?
5: That's just, I'm just making that. And, I, and so that's <laughs> no problem for anyone.
4: Talk us through it, because people are going to want to make this at home themselves. Oh, okay. Um, if this is your dream meal and it's something you can just make at home, I reckon people would appreciate the Amstel pasta. Well,
5: I don't know if it's that
4: complicated, but I'm oh, sure. let's, let's see if better. I can.
5: <laughs> I mean, I feel like as I, I explained it, people might just go, yeah, pasta. you are saying <laughs> make pasta. <laughs> but yeah, you get some pasta from a, yes. from a
4: packet. What kind of pasta?
5: Well, I, would go, I think there's a brand called Garofalo. I think we have that. And uh, so you put some of that in a boiling uh, saucepan. What, what shape, shape is Garofalo? Is pasta? Ah, uh, Fusilli. Uh-huh. So you, you put that in the boiling water for as long as it says on the packet. Yes. Or a minute less. Yeah. yeah. That would be my tip. A minute less. <laughs> ah!
4: <laughs> Great tip.
5: And uh, meanwhile, while that's going on, you want to get the pesto out of the fridge or cupboard, wherever it is. Green pesto. Sackler vegan green pesto. Yeah. And then delicious. Delicious. Oh, I love it. And then after you've done that, you want to get out a frying pan and you want to toast some walnuts and pine nuts. Yes. And while they're going on, you might want to add some um, spinach into the boiling uh, water. So that wilts nicely into the boiling with water the with
3: pasta. the pasta. Yeah, straight in. Wow. See, this is the sort. Of, I'm glad we asked you how to do it yes. now because that's the sort of tip that I would never have thought of. Yeah, straight in. And how much? Because
4: like, it's quite satisfying putting like loads of spinach yeah. in something and watching it shrink. Yeah. Um. You get like a basketball's worth. Oh. Of spinach.
5: Uh. Well, so somewhere in between a tennis ball and a basketball. What, okay. that, what would that ball be? A bowling ball? Yeah, bowling a bowling ball. A of spinach. There yeah. we go. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I suppose you're just playing the waiting game. Uh-huh. And then uh, when it's one minute less than it says on the packet, you uh, you get your colander out. And then, I mean, this is very, <laughs> this is very
4: obvious. No, it's not. No, it's, it's not. It's not obvious. You, you, you put spinach you in the ball with the pasta. pasta. Are you joking? Okay.
5: All right, well, so you pour then, you pour everything, the spinach and the pasta, into the colander, yeah. give that a shake, get rid of any excess water.
4: Uh-huh.
5: Oh, I haven't mentioned that I've grilled the aubergine. during. Well, this is
4: what I was thinking, when's the aubergine's coming into play? Sorry, before I even boiled
5: the pasta, there mm. were some um, aubergines chopped into nice circles, no more than like a, a centimetre thick, if that. Uh-huh. And they're spread out on the baking tray, a little bit of olive oil, a little bit of pepper. They mm-hmm. go into the, uh, into the oven and uh, maybe, maybe grill if you haven't got much time uh, yeah. or oven if you have more time. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully the timing is good. And then so you've got the pasta, all the water's gone. And then you put the pasta back in the uh, saucepan. Oh. You put the pesto in the saucepan. You put uh-huh. the pine nuts and the walnuts in the saucepan. You put the, uh, what, did I, what did I make?
4: The aubergine. The think. Think. You put the aubergine
5: uh, yeah. in the Main saucepan. Yeah. And then you mix it all together <laughs> and you put it in a bowl or two or three or four, depending on how many people are there. And then you eat it.
4: I think that sounds great.
3: Uh, that sounds really I'm good. I'm going to do it. Yeah. What, what they never say at the end of recipes in books is, and now you eat it! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how often I forget that bit. <laughs> Prepare all that stuff and I look for the last bit and it doesn't tell me to eat it, straight in the bin.
5: There you go, I feel exhausted now. I can't. I don't know how those chefs do it. It's, uh, <laughs>
3: it's amazing. How often are you making the grilled aubergine pasta with pesto and walnuts and pine nuts? Just this once a week that happens. I'm going to do it tonight! Do it! I've decided. Wow,
4: I've really started something here. I'm going to do it. (laughs) I'm going to go to the shop after this, get the ingredients. That's that's what I'm having for dinner.
3: James is on the lookout for a new pasta dish because uh, him and his girlfriend got quite into making uh, a different pasta dish. And I saw them the other day and I mentioned the pasta dish and they both looked really tired when it came up because they've clearly been eating it far too much.
4: We love it, but we are ashamed of how much we've been eating it all the time. Um, what, but, what, what, what is it? What's the... Chorizo broccoli pasta. It's a really good way of using up all your broccoli stems. Mm. Um, you chop up the broccoli stems and it gives it a real nice crunch. And it's got capers in it and garlic and chili and parmesan. And it's absolutely delicious. And if either of us haven't had a very nice day, the other one always goes i'll make some treats of broccoli pasta for you and then we have that and it is like you say very comforting uh but definitely as soon as i heard there was another pasta dish that is comforting i'm like right i'm gonna learn that immediately I forgot to say a drizzle of
5: olive oil at the end of some black pepper. That's quite nice. Oh. And is oh, that yes.
3: is that before or after you eat it? Where does that step come? That's just before. It's just The before. moment right. before. Okay. Yeah.
5: Yeah.
4: <laughs> I <laughs> don't want to get those the wrong way around. I do want to know, because otherwise I think, I feel like it's a bit of a cliffhanger, uh, what mm-hmm. you would have ordered from Cafe Gratitude. I actually printed the menu
3: earlier,
5: just mm. in case. That you, that in just in case we landed at Cafe Gratitude, because I had not been there for a long time.
3: You printed out your menu or you printed out the Cafe Gratitude menu? The Cafe Gratitude
5: menu. <laughs> Partly because I thought it would just make me laugh. Yeah. All the, all the dishes are called funny things like enchanting, <laughs> magical, optimistic, open brackets, new, close brackets. <laughs> <laughs> And when you order in this restaurant, you have to say, I am, dot, yeah. dot, dot, yeah. whatever you want. You have to say, I am community. <laughs> <laughs> and then when they come and bring the uh, dish, they, they say, you are community. And, yeah. um, so I don't know what I'd have. I think I'd have maybe the glorious sandwich or the humble entree. And then they have all these lovely sweet things like the joyful, the opulent. And then there's like... Coffee is called The Courageous.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I am courageous. I didn't realise that. I, I said I am black coffee because I didn't realise yeah. there was a different thing. But I was wanted to get into it. And we've talked about this yeah. before, how it's so you're so awkwardly British in that situation. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you have to do it with like a massive dollop of irony. Mm-hmm. You have to be like, oh, go on, I am courageous. Oh, what a lot of yeah, silly yeah, Americans yeah. you are. But you got quite into it, didn't you, James?
4: I, I went straight into it. I thought, may as well. Um, went in LA and I said, uh, "I yeah, I am whatever, I am uh, brave. And, and, they, and, and what I loved was when they do say it back, because cause then you say to them, I am brave, and, and they go, you are brave. And, and I really <laughs> enjoyed that.
5: I was like, yes. Did you have someone come over and say, uh, as a suggestion during your meal, today we're asking people to talk about what they're grateful what? for today?
4: Did that happen? No. Oh, I, I wish it had. I mean, that was at the end of our trip. We were we had been in New York for a week, LA for a week. We are about to go back. It was the last day. I think if they would told us to talk to each other about what we're grateful for, we, that would have been... We hadn't fallen out the whole trip, but I think that would have been the conversation <laughs> yeah. that made us fall out of each other.
3: Maybe they did come over and say, we're thinking you should discuss what you're grateful for, but we were probably just all on our phones. Yeah, at that point. <laughs>
5: What are we going to do about those
3: phones? I love them. Get bigger ones.
5: No, we've got to. Do, it's a. We're addicted. We're addicted. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: That's going to be the mad thing. The death. Uh, uh, the deathbed thing oh. is going to be so. So many of yeah. us are going to be there, and that regret of what you didn't do is going to be absolutely terrifying for some people probably myself included we just go oh what the fuck did i do <laughs> <laughs> i just stared at my phone for yes. so long especially our generation where you know any generation who remembers what it was like beforehand and so now we're more scared because like little kids seem a bit more chill about it because is part of their life but we are because we're like oh no, I remember what it felt like to mm. actually think about stuff while I was waiting for things, and it it wasn't that bad actually,
5: <laughs> I think the only way out of it maybe is if we I guess we have to keep the phones now, right they're there, mm-hmm. but maybe we could make it so the the battery life is three minutes <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and then to recharge it takes a month yeah
4: that's, yeah that's
5: the only way out of it would <laughs> be annoying, but we'd be free. <laughs>
4: So your side dish, is this something that would complement the comfort pasta? I'm too full
5: with the pasta. Like, What what would I have as a side dish? I can't. I'm have to pass on the side dish. You're
3: the least hungry man we've ever had on this podcast. <laughs> You've already passed on the poppadoms. i had a lot of falafel during the technical <laughs> <dish>. <laughs> um Yeah, I think,
5: but generally pasta is enough, isn't it? A side dish, I mean, it's not, olive oil is not a side dish, but it is on the side. Can I have
4: uh-huh. olive oil? <laughs> you would just like some olive oil as your side dish?
3: Yes, there you go. Okay. <laughs> any <laughs> any particular type of olive oil, Simon? Do you have a favourite um, olive oil?
5: Uh, I don't know. I suppose just the what we get a big we get a big tin from a local shop here. Oh, uh, yeah. That's like an enormous tin, and then we um, decant that into a, a bottle with a, a nozzle thing. And uh, I don't think nozzle's the right word, but you know what I mean. a, These... pour, a plug, like a, a little pour, yeah, a plug. Pourer. plug with a with a, a thing pouring in it. stem on it. Yeah, with a pouring stem and yeah. a kind of cork. Yeah, yeah. this is we we still haven't got it right. <laughs> no, no, but... no. no. <laughs> a bung? What's it called? I don't know. Anyway, so so it'll be that oil from uh, from the shop yeah.
4: that we get that oil from. Or whatever, yeah. any
5: oil. I don't care, just oil.
4: No, I like it. I, I like the. Um, I'm glad that we asked that because I didn't know that that you would have such a. I just get a bottle of olive oil and that's it, and then that's on the side. But you have a tin and you put tin. that in a jug yeah. and you put a cork stopper in the jug and then you pour it out special every time. Yeah, special.
3: Yeah, I like that. Are we talking extra virgin, virgin? I mean, you don't see anything other than that these days, do you?
5: I don't know that I'm aware of. Yeah, just the extra virgin. I suppose yeah.
3: organic, ideally. It's just weird that I don't know why they need to specify extra virgin and virgin now because you don't see like.
5: Well, you'd be worried if you saw the the packaging and it didn't say it. You'd be yeah. like,
3: the, what the hell is uh, it? Uh, yeah. Who, who's it's been tucking dirty... these olives? Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: God, this goddamn dirty promiscuous olive oil. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. Olive oil takes me back to
4: the start of um the pandemic, actually. Oh yeah. Take us there, James.
3: Please, we've already been to <laughs> Bristol, <laughs> Bristol, LA, and Simon's house. Please, let's go to the start of the pandemic.
4: Well, my my ears started acting up for no reason. I didn't know why. Yeah. <laughs> they were really blocked, and I was like, "What the hell is going on?" Which has happened to you before? Yes. Yes, I've had. Oh, I've had problems with my ears before. I had to go to ER in LA with, with my
3: with my ears. It was wow. so painful. You Went to the set of ER, Simon. Can you imagine yeah. that? He just wandered onto the set. <laughs> went and in, with my ears. Wow, that
5: has have been so dramatic. <laughs> yeah. Um, but do you swim a lot? Sometimes it can happen if you swim a lot so that your ears you Never swim. Locked. I hate swimming.
4: Oh, maybe you should swim more. I, I really hate it, so that that's not definitely not that
3: I didn't know you hated swimming.
4: I hate it I hate it. I hate swimming. What happened to you when you were a child in a swimming pool? Good point. Give him a mushroom, get him talking. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Let's do the ceremony and I'll tell you all about it. When you were a child did you drown in a swimming pool? Oh, that is it. <laughs> I didn't try and drown myself once, but that's been well documented. I've talked about that before. tried to drown myself because my dad didn't get me the Spice Girls debut album, Spice. So I, <laughs> Fair so I, enough. I tried Fair to I tried to drown myself in the shallow end of the swimming pool. But um, <laughs> so maybe that's part of it. When the Kettering Leisure Village opened, when I was a teenager, it was a big deal. We were very excited. The swimming pool had a wave machine, a jacuzzi and rapids. And um, I'd go there a lot, but, you know... Being a teenager, so very body conscious, really aware that like my friend who would often go to the swimming pool, he was like all, already a full man. He had just, you know, that just all happened for him, and uh, I'd feel like a little boy and very uh, just too, yeah, too body conscious, really. So I still feel like that when going to the swimming pool. Don't like it, hate it. So my ears had nothing to do with that. In LA, it was because i had been on a plane and then it messed my ears up, and then I went. But like they did say that they were too waxy. <laughs> Start of lockdown. They were messing up again, and I was like, I don't want to go to the doctors because there's this pandemic and everything like that. I don't want to go there just for my ears, being a bit, a bit blocked. So I looked online, and it was all just like, pour olive oil in your ears. So I just did that all the time. I'd sit there or lay there on the bed on my side, just letting the olive oil just soak into my ears. And actually, that was very relaxing. Talking about having a break from your phone, yeah. I just was, I was I just lay there, and I could hardly even hear this is just that like nice muffled, almost ASMR kind of noises in my ear and I would just lay there and let the olive oil just soak up all the wax, or the wax would soak up the olive oil, and then...
5: Then you wash it out.
4: Yeah, and then you'd wash it out. I mean, that bit's gross. <laughs> did it work? Does it work, though? Yeah, it would work. That's great. I think we, we
5: might
3: have put people off the pasta for tonight now. <laughs> yeah. But... Yeah. <laughs> How did you get the olive oil in there? Because it seems like, Simon, you've got the perfect setup for getting it into Oh, day.
5: yeah, I could come over and clean your ears yes. out, no problem.
3: <laughs> that pouring stem... Or whatever yeah. it is.
4: That is true. Uh, I used a little, so I already had something else. So I used a little, uh, one of those eyedropper kind of things, but I just used that in the olive oil. Great. <laughs> That's <was> great. <laughs> <laughs> this is such a great podcast for tips. Yeah. Um, I think we haven't had an episode with so many tips in it before. We've talked about tips for doing drugs, tips for no, making no, no. packs. done
5: tips uh, for healing. Tips for healing didn't take in medicine? Yeah, yes.
4: Yes. tips for making pasta, tips for unblocking your ears with yeah. olive oil. You haven't given any tips, Ed. Little bit selfish with your tips. No, I've not given any tips. What would you like so that I can give a tip? Is there any tips you would like for Ed, Simon? Anything that Ed can help you with? Any tips? I wonder. Well, he seems to have won an award in his mm-hmm. Zoom frame there. I wonder what
5: he won that for. Which
3: one? Or two?
5: Hang on. There's one with a man's head. That's an that's award, is it? Greg
3: Davis's head. That's the Taskmaster trophy. Ah, uh, congratulations! And Thank then you. that. What's well, that trophy? And that's Richard Osman's face. That's for Richard Osman's House of Games.
4: Yeah, that's.
5: Oh, cool. You've
3: really uh, been putting yourself about there, haven't you? Oh yeah, I'll do anything. And winning. That that's a skull just because I like skulls that's good that's to remind you of death yes yes and that the the thing behind you does that say wear a condom yes well that's a great tip there you go that's a
4: good tip yeah that is a good tip
3: that's a Joe Lysett painting and it's a picture of a baby in a glass bath and it says wear a condom he's a very talented boy there you go I think we did it (laughs) <laughs> so your side dish is olive oil <laughs> with a condom. Uh, would you like the olive oil in a condom? So <laughs> Yeah. Uh,
5: actually you mustn't put olive oil anywhere near a condom because it makes it ineffective.
4: Oh. Is that true? Another tip. Okay, going to have yeah. to know Why you know that? <laughs> well, because I have sex. <laughs> yes but Oh a yeah.
5: Bit. That's a absolutely. Thing, isn't it? You must use a water-based lubricant. An oil based lubricant would damage the condom. Oh. Top tip. Top tip, listeners. Yeah.
3: That is, <laughs> that a, good is tip. a top tip. Enjoy yeah. your pasta. Enjoy your sex. I home. think broadly the tip is never dip your dick in your side dish. Yeah. Ah! Yeah, that's, that's catchier.
4: But your dream drink is another glass of olive oil? Uh, what about the water? I've had my dream drink.
3: Oh, no, I knew this was going to happen. Is this another pass? It's another pass. What the hell? I can't believe this. Just some pasta for me, thank you. <laughs> Goodbye. Now, Simon, do you remember earlier we said, oh, don't worry, you won't get any hate. Now you've passed on three things. This is, is feeling like we're approaching.
4: I don't think anyone would dare hate on Simon Amstel. I think everyone loves you too much. However, you are, at the minute, I'm I'm on the verge of starting up an Instagram account and absolutely <laughs> destroying <you. laughs>
5: Just trying to, uh, you know, it's important to be able to say no. That's very important. um, But kombucha, if we're talking about a different drink to water, I would have some kombucha, no problem.
4: Your homemade one?
5: Yeah. Or your mother's one to to, to spice things
4: up. My mother would love to make you some kombucha. Okay, great. I'd like to receive it very much. She would love it. Um, She asked me to tell you, don't use it as a lubricant. (laughs) That does sound like her. That's what she always says <laughs> when she drops round. Her homemade kombucha.
3: <laughs> so you're not? Are you not a boozeman, Simon?
5: No, I, I haven't drunk anything since I was about twenty-five.
3: Mm-hmm. No,
5: no, um, no, just just the drugs. <laughs>
3: <laughs> just the sweet
4: drugs.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because anything, yeah, anything healing, rather like alcohol yes. is a depressant. So if you mm-hmm. have You're prone to a bit of depression. You don't want a depressant going into your body. You want something Mm -hmm. that's an antidepressant like magic mushrooms. Well, This is an alcohol culture. Mm -hmm. Uh, Terence McKenna talks about like there are different, like there are mushroomy cultures. Not that Mm -hmm. people are doing mushrooms all the time, but there's the possibility of them. And here, it's not like people are drinking all the time generally, but there's always the possibility of going Mm -hmm. to the pub and having a drink. And so it's like an entirely different, situation here. Why have I said all of that? I can't remember where I was going. But basically, of course we are the way we are, because this country is the way it is. I think you really have to like you have to go through something like growing up gay to go, hang on a minute, maybe the culture's wrong, because otherwise I'm a pervert. So once you've done that, once you've sort of broken through that barrier, then you're looking at everything. Then you're thinking, well hang on a minute, should I be doing this? Because if I'd have followed all the rules I'd be married to a lady called Laura now and deeply miserable.
3: (laughs) That is the rule. She has to be called Laura. (laughs) She must be called Laura. (laughs) The start of
4: this year, I went the longest, I think I've gone in maybe 10 or so years, like without alcohol. I had three months of not drinking. And Joe, what? It felt really nice. Mm -hmm. And I made the mistake of telling a teetotal friend of mine that I had, oh, it's three months of not drinking. It's pretty good. I feel pretty great. And uh, so and then he was like, right, well, in that case, I'm going to send." well, he didn't even run this by me, actually. He just did this without asking me. And he sent me 100 cans of alcohol free beer and I I would drink them every now and again and have them in the fridge. And they were quite nice for alcohol free beer, actually. But also during that time, I just gradually started drinking again every now and again anyway. I had the first 50 cans of alcohol free beer over time. I had them as they were. When it got to, like, can 51, I thought, I can't have another 50 of these. So I've started adding whiskey to them, Sign, <laughs> <laughs> And I, I, I add a shot of whiskey, a can of coast, and then a few drops of lime juice, squeeze a bit of lime juice over the top. And, a, and in bars, if you get, like, a, an alcoholic beer with a shot of whiskey in it, it's called a boiler maker. So I call my cocktail The Boiler Faker. And it is actually delicious, and I think quite a good way for people to like have a boilermaker maker without getting completely trashed, because it's not a pint of beer with a whiskey; it's alcohol-free beer with a whiskey. Another great tip. It's another great tip. It's another great tip. I think it's pretty clever. Yeah. And it is the best invention. Of, I think it's the best thing I've ever invented. I guess it's not what Coast had in mind, but <laughs> Absolutely not what they had in mind.
3: Simon, if ever you were like, oh, you know, it's like, it's the, you know, it's January or something and it's dry January and you don't want to do a magic mushroom, would you buy maybe a pack of, like, button mushrooms instead? Just, yes. Just for the feeling? Good question, Ed. Well done.
5: Uh, uh, sure. I mean, I have also have just the general mushroom in my life. Yeah. But dry January isn't for, like, people enjoying psychedelics. That's for people who <laughs> are, like, drowning in alcohol, isn't it? Yes. <laughs>
4: So let's go on to your dessert now. Now, I know that you're going to have a dessert because you mentioned during the starter, because let's face it, so far, (laughs) so far, you've had still water, you have passed Mm. on poppadoms or bread. Taking the poppadoms home. Yeah, you've taken the poppadoms home, but you're not eating them. you've had a starter to share with people. So let's face it, you've had like, you know, one or two uh, little loaded, fully loaded chips. Mm -hmm. You've had your pasta. Mm. You've had a little side of olive oil and you were (laughs) going to pass on the drink, but eventually decided Mm -hmm. that you would have kombucha. So we've got plenty of room here for this dessert. Well, that's why, you know, I've been so wise thus far. Yeah. Because otherwise I'd be like, I can't possibly have dessert after all this madness.
5: So Mm -hmm. now I can have my big slab... Of chocolate cake with ice cream,
4: lovely. Yeah, and you look so happy yeah, as well. Yes, so pleased. <laughs> you look so happy saying the thing. Stuff of chocolate cake with ice cream. Really happy with that.
5: Lots of icing, vanilla ice cream to go very well with the chocolate. My boyfriend the other day made a chocolate cake out of courgettes Somehow, it what? was the most moist, delicious thing I've ever eaten. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't like mainly courgettes, but there were courgettes in it, and yeah. uh, it was just amazing. And that's what I want for my dessert.
3: Do you want your boyfriend's courgette carrot cake? Uh, not carrot cake, sorry. No, okay, forget carrots. Sorry. I'll I tell, I tell you what was in my mind, though, that people get weird about things like courgette cakes. They're like, oh, why are you putting courgette in cake? But these are people who eat carrot cake without yeah. worrying about it. It's the same thing. Hypocrites. <laughs> At the minute, Simon, I, sh- I should—I mean, I, I,
4: maybe you can empathise with this. Ed is uh, gearing up to go uh, on tour and uh, and tour a comedy show. So any territory where his mind goes, this could be a routine. He starts thinking in comedy routine. So immediately there, he heard courgette cake. Well, people don't like that, but then again, people eat carrot cake. So what's the matter with them? But then he started thinking in a comedy routine Jets. and then got himself confused and said courgette carrot cake.
3: How bad a comedian do you think I am? <laughs> That I, at Listen. any point, would consider doing a routine where I say, oh, courgette cake, people are weird about that. What about carrot cake, guys? Guys?
4: I mean, I've considered worse things on the lead-up to writing comedy shows. <laughs> I'm not saying it was going to make the final cut. No, I might try it, actually. I went on uh, it, Bake Off Extra Slice when they were doing Vegan Week and the audience all bringing cakes that they've made. And I'll be honest with you, Simon, when I was on my way there, I thought, well, I've really drawn the drawn the short straw here because uh, I was going to try everyone's vegan cakes. This is going to be so disappointing. They were delicious. And I think there's so much of an emphasis on, you know, oh, they're not moist enough vegan cakes that people have really cracked it now. And if anything, they're the most moist like sumptuous cakes they were great i couldn't stop eating all of them like and i I got given quite a lot and also because everyone just hangs out afterwards who has made the cakes they really want you to try theirs as well and i was just sitting there um nick Hewer had already gone home but i was eating all of them
5: (laughs) (laughs) that's great yeah i think also we've advanced the point where i walked past a donut shop yesterday that happened to be a vegan donut shop wow it wasn't even it was called donut time or something yes. in the middle of Soho and it just yes. like happened to have I don't know it was like 80% vegan donuts and they weren't even they weren't even telling people
4: yeah. did you get a donut from there because I love donut time my
5: boyfriend did my boyfriend got a jam donut and he yeah. thought it was bloody delicious
4: it's so I mean I used to live literally opposite a donut time just, <laughs> and I, I I lived there for three years I think and i I only went to the donut time in my final week of living there because I knew that if I went there early doors, that was it.
3: All bets are off. That's good.
4: Because they're extravagant donuts. They're huge and they've got entire chocolate bars sticking out of them and stuff. Yeah. I was talking to Ed the other day about how I've never been to Cinnabon because I know that if I had a Cinnabon, I would want to go to Cinnabon all the time. And so I've never been there. I don't know about Cinnabon. It looks amazing. It's a, Ed's had them.
3: So he'll yeah, tell you. Big like s- cinnamon bun, basically, but they cover it in like icing. It's crazy. They're like, I think like one of them is like a thousand calories or something. Right, that's They'll... too many calories. There's too many calories for one thing, Simon. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, I mean, I I can't have them very regularly, obviously. Do
5: you think that the sweet stuff that we're drawn to, it's because we miss our mother's breast
3: milk, isn't it? No, oh, don't ruin it, Simon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> maybe Great. this will help. Yeah, maybe don't this think will think stop James eating is. ice cream now. Yeah, stop <laughs> drinking a kombucha as well now. <laughs>
5: I think that's what's going on there there's something very so comforting we feel so safe we feel so taken care of when we're eating a bowl of ice cream we feel like nothing else matters and that must be how we felt when we were being breastfed
3: (laughs) some people some people aren't breastfed though right well you eat with the bottle whatever it is i'm
5: you know bottle fed it's basically like here this is all you need just Mm. this sweet sweet milk yeah, and uh, and then we're That's like, well, we is. can't have that now because that would be strange. It's you know, it's odd enough that Mum's bringing over all this kombucha. What's she trying mm. to do? <laughs> um, <laughs> but what we can do is we can you know find our own sweet things. But ah. too much, and uh, nature says, come on now, yeah. you're an adult.
3: <laughs> <laughs> get you off the teat. Yeah. I prefer savoury stuff. So what's going on there? Yeah,
5: you were breastfed enough.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I had loads. There was never it's a point like...
5: where it was withheld, or um, or yeah. you were crying and not picked up. Yeah, you were. You had a good childhood. You should thank your mum next time you see your mum.
3: Yeah,
4: give her a big hug today. She's genuinely in my sitting room now. <laughs> yeah, I'd asked you earlier, but I um, interrupted it. Asked if you would like your boyfriend's courgette cake as your chocolate cake dessert. Yeah,
3: it was really
5: good.
4: It, it might be the best chocolate cake I've ever had. So,
5: oh, actually, there was one another time that was so good I had to sit down. Mm. I was I was stood up. Why were you stood up anyway? I was in my Somebody brought it to my kitchen. It was from, where was it from? It was from a restaurant near where she was doing something that day. And then she brought this cake and I was standing up in the kitchen. I tried a bit and it was like so intensely, I guess it was dark. It was like a dark chocolate cake with a, um, a crunchy base. I had to sit down. It was so good. Wow. Uh, I, I remember that, that being a good one. But, I, but I, you have to be careful with this stuff. You know, anything that's like that intense. I remember when I was less good at realizing that the fulfillment of stand-up comedy came from the performance itself. I would, after a show, maybe you'll relate to this, going on tour yourselves, need either a chocolate cake or somebody to have sex with., yes. and I ended up having a lot of chocolate cake. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you have to really it's actually good to like like you know, if you're if you're present, and you eat the chocolate cake and know that you're eating it and you're there for, for it. You know you're like really appreciative of it. Mm-hmm. I feel there's no there's no problem there. You you the problem comes when you sort of didn't even know you were eating it and then you need another one.
3: That's yeah. when you're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, same goes for the other as well. Sex. The sex. Yes. Oh
5: yeah, you have to be there for the sex. I mean, yeah, it's difficult yeah. not to be there for the sex, so uh it does that to you, doesn't it? The sex, unless you're with the wrong person, perhaps.
3: It calls to you. <laughs> it
5: calls to you. Oh.
3: It calls to you. I just love the idea of you, you finishing a show, Simon, and in the back, like just running through the last routine in the back of your mind, just going, which one is it going to be this evening? <laughs>
5: <laughs> which one tonight? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: dear.
5: Yeah, that won't happen this time. This time I'll just be fully enjoying
4: being on stage. Now you have a boyfriend who can make chocolate cake. I mean,
5: this is absolutely...
4: (laughs) 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 You've completely landed on your feet here. Oh, my God, you're right.
5: Oh, what a life. (laughs) I don't even need to do the tour.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to read your menu back to you now. Um, Okay. See how you feel about it. So for water, you wanted still water. Poppadoms are bread, you want poppadoms to take home but you don't want to eat them right now. For your starter, you would like the nachos with the nut cheese on it to share with everyone, which comes from Manna, M-A-N-N-A. Now closed. Your main course, you would like the grilled aubergine spinach pine nut walnut pasta uh, recipe earlier in the podcast if anyone wants to make it, I'm going
3: to make it tonight. Side dish, just a cup of olive oil. <laughs> I should we should have absolutely torn you apart for this menu, Simon. It really speaks to how sort of charming and gracious you are as a guest that we've not yep. absolutely obliterated you for this. Here's the thing. We would normally
4: obliterate someone for this, uh, Simon. Do, don't get us wrong, we would normally obliterate people. But what <laughs> I have genuinely what I've genuinely found throughout this podcast uh is that you seem so uh just content and genuinely happy that I'm like, well, what am I really angry about here? Clearly this is about me. Simon's got his life sorted, but I'm there. I'm drinking booze. I'm eating meat. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm anxious all the time. What, why am I thinking that Simon's wrong? Actually, I think what, what me and Ed think is wrong. And actually, you should just have a cup of olive oil. as a side. That's, that's genuinely been my experience during this podcast has been to question everything about my life and what I do uh, in a good way, even though I know I will not change. <laughs>
5: Okay, it was going so well until that last episode.
4: That's it, even though I know I will not change. (laughs) You should be a preacher, that's really funny. You would like homemade pure kombucha as your drink, Mm. and for dessert, you would like your boyfriend's courgette chocolate cake with a scoop of vanilla ice cream.
5: Yeah, and what happens now? Do, do I do I just sort of think about that for another... Do I eat that some other... T- what happened, where,
3: Does it get delivered to me? What happens? Normally, Simon, then, like, you know, it's from sort of restaurants and stuff, and, you know, the, people will go to those restaurants or whatever. We wouldn't deliver you the meal. But the, the menu you've picked, you could feasibly just go and have right now. Yeah. Yes, except that I
5: had a lot of falafel during the technical difficulties. Yes,
3: <laughs> sure. <laughs> We've perhaps not illustrated quite how bad the technical difficulties were, but... <laughs> It took us about an hour to get up and running. Usually normally the guests thanks us for, you know, oh, says,
5: sorry, uh, guess... says um, <laughs> hang on, hang on. Uh... Hey guys, thank you so much for having uh, me and uh, asking me what my menu would be or is. And uh, you, I can't wait to, um, well, I'll listen to the podcast. I'll write down yeah. what I said and then yeah. I'll, I'll make it.
3: Then you can make it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Finally, there's a... Write down all the tips. There's a recorded a recorded history of how to make that dish now. I'm
5: so glad this was a conversation that was recorded. Imagine if we just got together and said mm-hmm. all this. I mean, it would just be absurd. I mean, it really would yeah. be absurd if we yeah,
3: did that. that yeah. yeah. Simon Amstel, thank you very much for coming to the Dream Restaurant. Thank you, Simon. Well, there we are. Woo-hoo. Thank you very much to Simon for coming in. I loved that episode, James. It's the most drugs chat we've ever had. It was
4: enlightening, I loved talking to Simon, I could chat to him for hours, which we did actually, because there were so many technical difficulties, yeah. we kept on going in and out and having loads of chats with him that couldn't make the edit because they didn't get recorded or we lost them in the ether of the internet, but yeah. what, a, what a wonderful person to chat to, loved chatting to him, glad that he didn't say Crest, he didn't say the secret ingredient, so we didn't no. have to chuck him out.
3: That was lucky, really like Simon, I think he was a really good company, very patient with all our technical difficulties. Yes. But let's not beat around the bush. Mm-hmm. Shit menu. Well, yes, because
4: we're recording this outro a few days after we recorded the episode. And I can confirm that I was so excited by his dream main that I made it myself. And, mm. You know,
3: <laughs> it was fine. I was surprised you were so excited by it and that you couldn't wait to cook it. It sounded delicious the way he described it. And I feel I, I
4: got more excited by the fact that I knew I could cook it.
3: Yeah, I think that was it. I think it was the accessibility of the ingredients, and you were like, I could go now and get all those ingredients and cook it tonight. Yes, and grilling the
4: nuts up—that that was exciting. <laughs> I was looking forward to doing that and getting yeah, I some, at crispy, that. some crispy, me, I, some crispy nuts and pasta. I laughed.
3: I laughed at that. I laughed at you saying grilling the nuts up. Sure. Yeah,
4: that's, that's fair enough. Yeah. You're allowed to laugh at it. Although I think we, that. Grilling the nuts up is a catchphrase from our Roasty Toasty podcast. (laughs) Yeah, please stop crossing the streams. We're getting confused now. Keep it roasty, keep it toasty. All our fans, we love you the mosty. That's what we say on Roasty Toasty podcast.
3: This podcast is bready Chetty Ready
4: for Betty. Bready Chetty and Ready for Betty. The best thing I've ever said on this podcast, the best joke I've ever made. Mm. I think your memory might be playing tricks on you there, James. Everyone knows that's my number one joke. That's my catchphrase. Bready Chetty and Ready for Betty. Yeah. I'm a genius,
3: comedy genius I thought of that (laughs) Speaking of comedy genii, Simon Amstel is on tour Go to simonamstel.com to buy tickets for his tour Wow, Spirit hole But he's not the only one on tour James Ed Gamble's on tour as well, me Go see my show electric Edgamble.co.uk for tickets Starts in
4: February February 2022 And edgamble.com with Still is to the Mystery You could just
3: go on it and have a look Not me The listeners have to crack the case. Right, Okay. Crack the Cress. Crack the Cress, everybody! And if someone wants to make up like a sort of... uh, Like me and James to look like an egg and Cress, but also uh, Mm. sort of film noir detectives with the catchphrase, Crack the Cress, underneath, that would be mighty appreciated. Well, James, thank you very much. In terms of intros and outros, that was... uh, Pretty efficient. Pretty efficient. Okay. yeah, sure, pretty efficient. Thank you very much. Goodbye! Goodbye, everybody!
1: Hello, I'm Lou Sanders, and if you've enjoyed this podcast, you might like my podcast, Cuddle Club. It's about cuddling, yes, but really it's just a way into relationships and asking cheeky questions like who was your mum's favourite and uh, when were you last unfaithful. Previous guests include Alan Davies, Ashley B, Catherine Ryan, Rich Dosman, Ed Gamble, Nish Kumar, and other legends. Get it on Acast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your all podcasts. And remember to CC everybody in, if CC stands for Cuddle Club.